if you study like the following, then this episode is going to be for you. So let me paint a picture of the type of person that maybe you study like or learn it, you know, if you're a working professional learning on the job, whatever it is. First of all, you figure out what the topic is that you need to learn about. And then you go and you sit down and you read a bunch of books or watch some videos on the topic. And then you write notes on it as you go, as you're reading, you're writing notes constantly. And then you've got a version of what you've read, but now written out in notes. And uh, you go through to read that again and learn it and maybe summarize it even more. And you do that until you've basically memorized the material. And then you then apply that in your work or you'd apply that in uh, a past paper question if you're a student. So this order of sort of learning everything you need to learn, writing these notes, summarizing these notes, and then applying the information. If that's generally the order that you follow, then you may be quite surprised that there are actually vastly more efficient alternatives to studying that way. So cue the intro music. And the topic of today is really about a more effective way to learn, not only if you're a student um, studying at school or university, but also for working professionals that are trying to learn on the job. And this is a method of learning that there's really a decent amount of research on, but it's very under the radar. Not a lot of people know about this way of learning, and I'm not entirely sure why, but it may be because a lot of the research says that it's very dependent on the ability of the person to actually uh, teach it to you. So if you were lucky enough to have a really good teacher who was able to teach you how to learn in this way effectively and facilitate this particular process that I'm about to teach you, then you would probably do a lot better. But then if you didn't, then you would actually do, a, you, you could actually do worse. And this is an area that I focus in on a lot. And I feel like I've developed a decent level of competency and mastery in uh, teaching and facilitating others through it. And I'm going to try to do that to you today. So this method of learning that I've outlined at the beginning, that learn and then uh, write notes and then revise notes and then apply that information. This method of learning is actually relatively modern in the way that we learn, right? And it really comes about from the creation of formal education in schools, which is, again, relatively modern in human evolutionary history, at least, given that, you know, the human brain has been evolving for millions of years. So the only reason that we learn this way is because we have something that is called formal education where we sit down and we learn masses of information, usually at a much higher rate than we would learn outside of school. And we're then assessed on our ability to recall this information and we're assessed in a variety of 
different ways, not only depending on the subject, but depending on the culture and depending on what school and depending on what curriculum and country that you're in. And we are taught how to learn this way from a very young age, right? We go to school, we're five or six years old when we start school. And when we start, we are straight away put into a classroom setting where we're learning in a very um, curriculum-focused, syllabus-organized way. And we go through life, really, learning this way. All throughout our formal education, we graduate university doing exactly this. And at the end of that, what do we actually you know, do with that information? Well, we enter into a job, we enter into a career, right? And then so that career doesn't represent itself in a curriculum or a syllabus. It's, it's organic, right? It's, the learning is everywhere. And so for us who have been trained by the formal education system to learn a very specific structured way, we then f- feel under-equipped and uh, we find it more difficult to learn on the job, finding time for the study. I mean, how many of you have found it difficult if you're working, if you're a working professional, how many of you have found that you really should maybe study more or learn more on the job to get better at your job or progress through your career, but you actually struggle to find time to do the study, right? I mean, I think that's a very common problem, especially in, in areas where the the knowledge, the actual knowledge is super high um, that you need to know, like med- medical or, or clinical um, roles. But even, you know, in things like, you know, business, enterprise, marketing, things like that, there's, there's always so much to know. And then how fast you can learn is about how good you get. And so people that have the ability to learn very quickly have an enormous advantage, not only in school, obviously, from a pure grade point of view, as superficial as that, but also later in life where it actually really starts mattering is that they've developed a transferable skill. And so we need to think about learning the way that our brain is really meant to learn. So forget about books. I want you to just imagine that books didn't exist. Books were never invented. The only way that you learn is through simply just experience and gathering information yourself, you know? So... If we were to imagine learning in this way, then it would look extremely different. First of all, way back in the caveman days, when our brain was getting good at this thing called learning that the human brain is now extremely good at, we were taking in clues from the environment. We were, you know, learning in a very organic way. We'd be running you know, along the in the forest or whatever, and we'd we'd hear the sounds around us, we'd see tracks on the ground would see a type of leaf or a type of berry somewhere and we'd make a conclusion about whether or safe or how we would uh, navigate the terrain or, or how to hunt the particular you know whatever we're tracking but the fundamental beginning the starting point for this whole process of creating this this mental image of the environment and taking in all these clues and you know being that kind of detective the fundamental origin of all of that is that there was a problem to be solved. We don't tend to learn unless we actually need to learn to solve a specific problem. It's unlikely that the cave person version of ourselves was sitting in the cave next to the fire one um, very ancient evening 
and then uh, scribbling down and writing notes on all the different berries that they saw that day and trying to memorize the colors of them. You know, it's unlikely that they were um, quizzing each other on the types of tracks that you'd find. So this type of way that we learn and associate with learning now where we just have to sit down and really let's like look at something and just do it again and again and just really put our brain to figuring it out, that, actually, that type of learning is actually very artificial. And there is an alternative to doing that, which is to bring it all the way back to what our brain evolved to be really good at to begin with, which is uh, some, some of the re- some one aspect of this at least is called inquiry learning or inquiry-based learning. And the thing with inquiry-based learning is that it starts with the inquiry, as the name obviously suggests. So the way that inquiry-based learning actually works is that we start with creating a specific question or problem that we're interested to solve. We want to have a purpose for our learning. And when our learning has a purpose, that means that the information that we take in is in itself purposeful. And our brain wants to keep information that's purposeful. It, it doesn't want to keep information that's not purposeful because there are so many things that you learn in a day that's not purposeful. You know, if you memorized every single license plate that you saw on your drive to work, you would just explode by the time you reached the first traffic light. However, uh, our brain does retain stuff that is really useful for it. And it's useful for it in terms of solving problems that are relevant for that, you know, it deems relevant. So the first step towards effective learning and fast learning is to increase the relevancy of what you're taking in and consuming without having to go through the you know process of sitting and just smashing it into our brain through repetition and reading it and writing it again and just really just you know putting all of our mental energy into the learning process actually we can we can make that a lot easier and a lot faster purely by saying okay what is the purpose behind the topic that we're going to learn right now why do i need to know this if you're in school think beyond just the curriculum and the exam why do i need to know this beyond just the curriculum and the exam, how does this help me in either my life or my career development? And if there is really nothing else, then, well, how does this help me understand other parts of the topic that maybe do have relevance? Or how does it just help me get the particular grade that I need in order to, you know, get into the university degree that I want? And, you know, if that's relevant enough for you, the the idea is that it doesn't even almost matter how you make it relevant. You just need to make it relevant somehow. And if it's truly not relevant to you at all in any way, then why are you actually learning it, right? So at, at, at some point, it's definitely going to be relevant in some way, shape, or form it's going to be relevant. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't actually learn it to begin with, right? There's a reason that you're not sitting here probably right now going through, uh, you know, like your phone contacts and memorizing every single person's email birthday and phone number off by heart you know like why are you not learning that well it's because it's just not relevant okay so what you are learning is probably going to be relevant if you're a working professional even more so that's you know directly relevant but before you actually start learning it be very clear about the intention and the goal and the purpose behind it think about how you want to apply the information first and be very clear about how you want to apply it how what you are going to learn is going to change the way that you apply that information and the impact that that's going to have. And really be clear, super crystal clear about the problem and how you're trying to solve the problem and all the different components of the problem 
and all the variations of that problem and all the other types of problems that you know that are similar that could be solved like this. After you've thought of the problem, then think of your own hypothesis. How do you think the solution might look? How do you th- how do you think that your groups of similar related problems might be solved in one fell swoop? You know, create a process of that trying to discover and setting up basic logic and reasoning to begin with. And then now you have a series of hypotheses that you're going to test. You can either accept or reject them. And so when you're learning, the information actually comes into your brain and immediately is consolidated because straight away it's relevant to solving one or two or 10 different problems. So what we do normally when we learn is we learn in bulk first and then after a series of rounds of revisions, we then start applying that information through past questions or practice exams or, or working in real life and you, you know getting hands-on experience with it. What we're going to do is we're actually flipping that on its head. We're saying what type of problems and experiences and questions could I, you know, do I need to actually answer? Do I feel that I'm not equipped to answer right now? And then we delve on that a little bit more. So that part is super visceral and clear. And then we work our way backwards to think about, okay, well, like, let's think about using the knowledge that I do have. Am I really sure I can't tackle this? Am I really missing the information? How can I use what I already know to try to do my best to solve it? And then we're really entering into that problem-solving mentality, which is a very organic, evolutionarily optimized type of mentality. And now we're ready to learn. And then we can learn. But the differences between learning the first way and this way is that this time when we're learning, the information doesn't need to be constantly revised because we're jumping to a higher level of learning straight away. We're jumping to the application of that that information. So we're applying the information immediately. That means that our brain finds it relevant and it's going to hold on to that. So we're actually not going to even forget it. So because we're not forgetting it, we don't need to revise it again and again. Okay? So this is uh, something that I think is important for especially professionals where your learning actually dictates how good you're going to get at your job and how quickly and easily you can progress through it and how much sacrifice you need to put in your life to study. And so often I'll see people who are you know working and trying to learn and they're struggling to balance the two of it. And a big part of it is just because they're taking that university method of learning that they got so used to and just trying to apply that in their um, you know, real life actual workplace environment and it's just it's so inefficient that it, there's no time to do it because you just you, you just don't know that you don't if you're a working professional and you're listening to this you, i don't need to explain how inefficient and time consuming it is so the the order needs to be create the problem identify the problems be really clear on the problems hypothesize the solutions and then do the learning and then iterate on that create the solutions, apply them, create the solutions, apply them. And then your learning is always the final step. It's the thing that fills in the blanks when you really need it. So you're creating hunger first. You're making your brain really hungry to know certain types of information. And then once it's hungry, then you're feeding it the right information. You're not doing it the other way around where you just feed it mindlessly first. You overfill it. It struggles to digest it. It ends up vomiting some out and diarrheaing the other part of it out. And then what you're left with is just like very partially digested mess of stuff that you don't even know why you ate it in the first place. 
And then over time, yes, you might slowly digest it, but there's a lot of pain. And also, you know, you like are now going to have to re-eat your vomit and diarrhea. So if that image wasn't very pleasant for you, this is what I think about you and the way that you study. So there's a big need to change that because there are benefits to your daily life even, you know. Don't have time to exercise because you're so stressed out about needing to study. Well, do the study more efficiently. So think about it this way, right? Like when you're at work, you're constantly bombarded by experiences. You can turn those experiences into more active learning opportunities. So the night before you go to work, think about all the problems that you may face the next day and think about the ways that you might try to solve that. Do a little bit of learning around informing you on the way that you might solve those problems. And this might only take you 30 minutes. Okay, or 20 minutes or 10 minutes if you don't have enough time. And then the next day, when you're actually going through the day, now you can check, were these truly the problems that I faced or not? And then you can apply the learning that you may, you um, consumed and you can try to apply that, solve the problem the way that you hypo hypothesized. Did it work or did it not? And then if it didn't work, well, that's learning. And if it did work, that's learning too. And it's consolidating. And at the end of that day, now you have this experience through which you've applied the information and then you can deepen the knowledge more. You can build on a new set of problems, a more advanced, more technical set of problems that you weren't even able to think of before the experience. But now that you've had the experience, you can think, oh, now I can think of even more specific questions to ask myself, even more issues that I wasn't able to anticipate. And then you can hypothesize it again and you can do more learning. So there should always be a cycle of learning that is based around a creation and identification of problems. And that's where it should start. But it's often not. A lot of the time people will say, okay, I'm learning this stuff at work, but when I go home, what I'm gonna be studying is something that's not even you know related to that. So the experience and the learning are actually separated. And it's actively separated purely because it's always been separated at school and it's always been separated in university as well. And there are a lot of different methods and systems that you can use for studying that actually incorporate this. And most of the learning systems that I teach for my students, you know, as young as 14 years old, all the way through to the professionals that I work with that are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, it's based on this type of inquiry first, truly problem solving mentality. And you know what my students and clients say is that they always say that learning for them has become so much more enjoyable. Studying is so much more fun. It doesn't seem like a chore anymore. They're able to retain information so much more easily without even trying. They're finding it easier to get to a depth of knowledge. They feel that the information is more connected and it's easier to recall and use the information and they're getting better grades, they're getting better uh, at their skills development, they're getting appreciation from their um, bosses and managers who are commenting on how quickly they're improving and how much um, you know, faster their skills are developing compared to you know, other people that are normally at that level. Uh, they're seen as like the study guru by their friends. I've had students who were interviewed by their school because the school couldn't just figure out how they were doing so well by putting in so little effort. And this is all the result of just fundamentally switching that framework. And it's not easy to change straight away, but it's definitely well worth it. And um, again, it's you know a, a new skill. So as with any new skill, don't expect that you're gonna be great at it immediately, you know, this is the reason why I actually have coaching clients because people want to get good at this and they find it difficult to do it themselves. 
So it's something that you need to be a little bit diligent and patient about. Don't expect to bring about this enormous change overnight. Slowly work towards it. Measure your progress like I talked about in the previous episode in the right ways and just diligently churn it through. And over time, you'll you'll be able to see it from my perspective and see how much of a life-changing difference that this can make. So that's a tip for this episode. Until next time, stay efficient.